We're in our final week of a sermon series on your life mission. Please follow along with the sermon notes that have been provided for you today. So in looking at my life mission, we looked at part one. It was defining my life mission. Part two was committing then to that life mission. Number three was sustaining my life mission. Today, part four, supporting my life mission. So in defining your life mission, we identified four goals from the Bible. In your notes, number one was to know Christ more each day. God made you to know and to love Jesus with your whole heart. To know Christ more each day. Number two was to grow in Christ by studying God's word. God wants to build your character. The Spirit wants to develop spiritual gifts in your life. Number three was to serve Christ with my abilities. God wants you to use your abilities and God-given talents to serve him and to serve others. And number four was to share Christ with those who don't know him. Your entire life is to be an open letter written for others to read, telling others about Jesus. So today we're going to look at supporting my life mission. We look at our relationships that help maintain your focus and clarify your purpose and support that mission. Look with me at Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. Two can accomplish more than twice as much as one, for the results can be much better. The point here is that God made you for relationships. The first thing God said to man was when he made him, isn't it not good for man to be alone? Because you were made for relationships. The whole sermon today is summarized in one sentence. Get this, you can go home. The quality of your life will be in direct proportion to the type of relationships you choose to build in your life. So you must develop relationships that support your life mission. You will not be able to do it alone. So four relationships we look at. You must develop if you're going to fulfill your mission. You need support. Number one in your notes, I need models that inspire me. I need models that inspire me. This is often one that we overlook. Look at Philippians 3, verse 17. In fact, please read that verse with me together out loud. Dear brothers, pattern your lives after mine, and notice who lives up to my example. Paul is saying... It's good to have models. Circle that word pattern in that verse. Many of you, yourself or your wife or your mother, have sewn garments using patterns. Why did they use pattern? Because it was easier. It saved time. In fact, you may not have even been able to do it without one. So in your notes, patterns for life reduces mistakes. Models in life makes it easier shortens the time needed to do a task so that you don't have to go through making it up as you go. We learn faster. We learn better through examples. Don't tell me that how to do it necessarily, but show me. Show me how to do it. So the quickest way to achieve your goals in life is to find a model who has already done it. Copy them spiritually, financially, emotionally. Find out all you can about it, how they did it. And it's the quickest way to moving forward with your mission in life. You find a model. 
Look at 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 7, where Paul writes, You became limitators of us and of the Lord, so you became a model to all believers. So that's the process. In your you follow an example, then you became an example to other people. Even Jesus says that. Look at John 13, verse 15. I give you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. You see in your notes, it's just human nature. It's human nature to imitate. As a baby, you learn quickest as you learn by copying everything. The problem is this, that as a baby, you get to, do not get to choose your models. Your models were simply those who were the closest to you. If you had a successful model, you grew up to be a high achiever. If you had a negative model, you probably grew up to have a negative attitude. It was sort of potluck. But fortunately, as an adult, even as a young adult or even as teenagers, you can intentionally choose who your models are. And you can achieve goals in your life mission by the choices of your models. If you make a choice, Paul says, choose good friends. Choose good models. Either choose good ones or you choose bad ones. And good models will help you to follow your Lord Jesus. See, Jesus taught by modeling, and he wants us to learn through his model and by the models of other Christians. Now, there are two kinds of models that you can live, have in your life. Number one in your notes, you can have indirect models. That is, you read books about people, outstanding people in your field. Read articles. You listen to CDs. I have many models indirectly. Every great leader in history has had a model. George Patton's model was Alexander the Great, and he just lived Alexander the Great. Martin Luther King's model was for nonviolent resistance was Gandhi. Gandhi's model was Jesus Christ. He said so. We can learn indirectly from models, which help us to move forward in our life mission. Number two, a second kind of model you have is a direct model, personal contact with people. The benefit of models is that they inspire us. They show us that it can be done. It is possible. If they did it, I can do it too. They challenge us to dream great dreams, to take risks, to move out of our comfort zone. Models inspire us to break through barriers. For years, everybody knew scientifically the human being could not run the mile faster than four minutes. Nobody could run that fast. It was scientifically proved. No human being could run a mile in four minutes. Until one day, Roger Bannister did it. He broke through the barrier. So you look at people who are headed where you want to be. You start learning from them. Let me ask you, who are your models? Who are your heroes? Who are the people that you respect enough spiritually, morally, just to model your life after? Write their names down on your sermon notes. Number two, a second relationship I need to fulfill life's mission. In your notes, to sustain my mission over the long haul, I need mentors that instruct me. I need mentors that instruct me. A mentor is a trusted friend, is a counselor. In your notes, a mentor is your personal coach. I like that definition, personal coach. Mentors are people that God uses in your life to bring out the best in you, a personal coach. Have you noticed how many of these athletes in the Olympics these days have personal coaches? 
They bring out the best in you. They keep you growing. The church calls them disciples or teachers. Someone who is a coach or a trainer, committed to your growth and your role, your goals. Look at Proverbs 15, verse 22. Please read that verse with me together out loud. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Circle the word advisors there. He's talking here about mentors. No matter how successful you are or how successful you become, you will need a coach. Michael Jordan needed a coach. All the pros have personal coaches, and that's why they're pros. Even the president of our United States has had mentors. They have had their coaches. They have their advisors. Look at Proverbs 19, verse 20. Get all the advice that you can, then be wise the rest of your life. I've had at least 12 mentors in my life, perhaps many more advisors. How do you benefit from a mentor? Two ways to benefit from a mentor. In your notes, number one, you just simply ask questions. Ask questions is a secret of drawing out the insights of mentors and coaches that are in your life. Well, look at Proverbs 20, verse 5. Solomon says, Though good advice lies deep within a counselor's heart, the wise men will do what? Draw it out. You draw it out by asking questions. And number two, I benefit from a mentor, secondly, by accepting feedback. You accept feedback from someone that you trust. If you don't accept feedback, you're going to get off course. When NASA sends a rocket to the moon, it all be getting off course. And to stay on course, it has to do course corrections based upon their feedback. Look at Ecclesiastes 7, verse 5. It's better to be criticized by a wise man than to be praised by a fool. It helps you to stay in, on track. So who do you choose as a mentor? You choose someone who has the values and the character that you want. A person who has the knowledge, the skills, and the experience that you need for your life mission. Write down the names of people that you trust, whose insight you value. Because number one, I need models to inspire me. Number two, I need mentors that instruct me. In your notes, number three, in order to sustain my mission over the long haul, I need, thirdly, partners that assist me. Partners that assist me, teammates, support group, network, co-workers, helpers. Look at Ecclesiastes 4. Two are better off than one because together they can work more effectively. If one falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone, there is no one to help him. So in your notes, we all need helpers. Solomon is just saying we need helpers and relationships that are committed to the same goals. Even Jesus had 12 partners who were committed to the same goals. They partnered with him. He chose them to be with him, to help him. They were called disciples. See, you were not meant to go through life fulfilling your mission by yourself. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. I saw that in the History Channel. God designed the church for this very purpose. You are to be part of the church. Look at Romans 12, verse 5. Paul writes, We are all parts of Christ's body, that's the church. It takes every one of us to make it complete, for we have different work to do. So we belong to each other. Each needs all the others. So that's why we're more effective as a team that works together.
And you know large churches need small groups. A small group can support you in your life mission. It's forward thinking. Any Bible class can be a good small group to help you move forward in your faith and your life mission. We all need small groups of Christians to assist us. See, over the long haul, to fulfill my life mission, I need models that inspire me, mentors that instruct me, partners to assist me. In your notes number four, there is a fourth relationship I need to fulfill my life mission. I need friends that support me. Friends that support me. There are three kinds of encouragement that you get from the best kind of friends. In your notes number one, I need emotional encouragement. They give me emotional encouragement. Look at Proverbs 7, verse 17. A true friend is always loyal. A brother is born to help in time of need. He's saying in your notes, a true friend walks in when others walk out. He sticks with you in a time of crisis. They don't abandon you. When other people see through you, you, a friend sees you through. When you make a mistake, others want to rub it in. A true friend, he'll rub it out. They hang in there with you. They give you emotional encouragement. In your notes, you need friends to support you. Number two, I need intellectual encouragement. Intellectual encouragement. Look at Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So let me ask you, do your closest friends make you think? Or do they put you to sleep? Let's just watch TV and eat some pretzels and chips. Do your closest friends really stimulate you, make you think? If they don't, you, have not, you do not have the closest friends that are good. Emerson once said, a true friend makes you do all that you can do. They stretch you. They force you to grow. And teenagers, look with me at Proverbs 13, verse 20. He who walks with the wise grows what? Wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Now listen carefully in your notes. You never rise above the level of your closest friend. So you have a tendency to hang in there where they are. Birds of a feather flock together. And if you want to soar with the eagles, you can't run with the turkeys. To be wise, you must walk with wise people. You can't hang out with the people that do nothing with their lives. It is always easier to pull somebody down than to lift somebody else up. Adults need to listen to that advice as well. We need to build each other up. The third kind of encouragement and support you need, number three, spiritual encouragement. You need a spiritual support. Looking at Hebrews 10, let us spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up in meeting together, but let us encourage one another. You need to get together to worship to gather around the sacrament of Holy Communion. We need to be together in Bible study in small groups to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. It motivates us spiritually. You need also to be there for others when they need you. How many of you would like to have friends that would emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually encourage you? How many of you would like to have friends who are emotionally, and intellectually, and spiritually even support your children and your grandchildren are my closest friends helping or hindering my walk with God. Anybody that causes you to go away from God is no friend then. Let me conclude 
Look at Romans 5, verse 11. Please read it with me together out loud. Now we rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done in dying for our sins, making us friends of God. That's the single most mind-blowing concept around. God wants you to be his friend. That's incredible. God knows you. God wants you to know him better and better. God wants you to love him more and more. God gave you his son, Jesus. He suffered and died on the cross to demonstrate that love. You are forgiven through your faith in Jesus. You are no longer an enemy, but you are a friend to God. What would you like God to do for you? He's your best friend. So God's mission for your life, number one, to know Christ more each day. Number two, to grow, to grow in Christ by studying God's word. Number three, to serve Christ, my abilities. And number four, to share Christ with those who don't know him. Amen.